Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. It should be no surprise to you. God keeps all his promises. He's made a promise to you, he'll keep it. He who began a good work in you, he will finish it. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Now look what happened as a result. of The neighbors were all filled with awe and throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. The birth of John the Baptist made God look good. That's why we're here. We're not here to make a church, a person, an organization. We're here to make God look good. Our culture seems to want us to make everything about ourselves. All around us, people trumpet their successes, intelligence, beauty, in attempts to give the impression that they're special or superior. Jesus, the creator of the universe, came as a baby to a poor family. Pastor Mark will be teaching from the book of Luke, telling us about the importance of letting God work through us and our circumstances. We will be reminded of the fact of God's orchestrating of events with the intent of praise going to Him alone. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now here's Pastor Mark in the book of Luke as he finishes his message, Our God is Full of Surprises. This couple had been married, who knows, 60, 70 years. We don't know exactly. But notice, marriage is a threesome. It's God and a spouse, husband, and a wife. And they learn to communicate to God, and they learn to communicate to each other. How's your marriage this morning? You see, even though Zechariah couldn't talk to his wife, She knew, because he probably wrote it down on the board, or maybe they had some sign language, that the angel said to name this baby what? John. Guys, sometimes we don't do very well in our communication with our spouse. That's because they're talking all the time. (laughs) Just relax. I'm coming back, ladies. It's going to be good for you. And they love to do that. But that's because we don't talk enough to our spouse. Ladies, can I hear an amen somewhere? With kind words like, very well kept after all these few years, however you want to say it. But I'm serious this morning. This couple was doing life together. Satan hates a marriage that does life together. Husband, you're the spiritual leader. Make sure there's communication with God. With your spouse. And by the way, those of you that are looking to get married, you don't marry somebody because they say they're a Christian. 
You marry somebody because you look at their life and you know that God's first in their life. I'm, I'm serious. I'm serious. Now, watch what happens. Verse 64. Immediately, his mouth was open and his tongue was loosed and he began to speak. And what did he go? Finally, I can speak. <laughs> no, what's the scripture said? He began what? Praising God. Because before him, an eight-day-old baby was a supernatural miracle. And I want you to write this down this morning. It should be no surprise to you. God keeps all his promises. He's made a promise to you. He'll keep it. He who began a good work in you, he will finish it. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. Now, look what happened as a result. of The neighbors were all filled with awe. And throughout the hill country of Judea, people were talking about these things. The birth of John the Baptist made God look good. That's why we're here. We're not here to make a church, a person, an organization. We're here to make God look good. Now, that's one amazing miracle of a couple. Scoot way back up to verse 26. Verse 26. I'm going to give you the second promise surprise and the second miracle. Maybe more familiar, obviously, to you than John the Baptist. Verse 26. In the sixth month, God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth. So he came down again. He's busy. A town in Galilee to a virgin pledged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. Here's the promise surprise number two. This was promised all through the Old Testament, the birth of Jesus. The miracle is, the miracle for Elizabeth, she's 80 years old plus, and barren. Womb never worked. What about Mary? She's a young virgin woman. Now, we don't know exactly her date, but pretty much most scholars believe 12 to 15, probably 12 to 14, because girls married younger in those days because they didn't live long. People didn't live long. But just think about what's coming to a 12 to 13 to 14-year-old virgin girl. And the angel, verse 28, went to her and said, greetings, you are highly favored. The Lord is with you. Now, what does that mean? Even at that young age, Mary worshiped God. God saw it. There was favor. He believed this is the one to be the mother of the Savior. He looked at her life. See, God knows our life. He knows where we're at. He knows what our walk is. You can't hide anything from God. And she is highly favored. Now, you're going to see later, she's a special lady, but she's an ordinary lady. She will need to be saved. She will need to be filled with the Holy Spirit. She's to be honored, but no person is ever to be worshipped. Of course not. Only Jesus. Now watch. Verse 29. And Mary, think of this, a 14-year-old. Any of you have a 14-year-old? <laughs> okay. Mary was greatly troubled at his words and wondered what kind of a greeting this might be. Two things happen here. She's very young, and she lives in a city that has a horrible reputation. You see, this little town of Nazareth was not a, well, it wasn't a place you would go to for a weekend retreat. It was just not, it was a funky town, and here she is. And so she, she can't understand this. And she's saying, I'm afraid, I, I don't, I'm, I'm just surprised. Look at verse 30, but the angel said to her, whoa, whoa, he, angels always say this, don't be afraid, Mary, you have found favor 
with God. You've been chosen. You will be with child and give birth to a son, and you're to give him the name Jesus. He'll be great and called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. Here's four promises, just like John the Baptist. Here's four promises God gave to Mary about her son. Let's talk about them this morning. The first one is, Jesus will be great. Not like John the Baptist great, but great because he will be called the son of the most high. In other words, Mary, your son will be divine, equal to God. Your son is God. Remember John 1.1, 1, 1, in the beginning was the word, Jesus, and the word Jesus was with God, and the word Jesus was God. John would quote this, Jesus said one day, I and the Father are one. So Jesus would be fully God and yet fully man. He'd come to earth and put skin on to do two things. You'll see later. One of them to show people what God was like. Because Jesus would say this, if you've seen me, you know what God's like. And what was Jesus like? Compassionate, love the sinners, gracious, forgiving. And it goes beyond our understanding how somebody can be God and man at the same time. But that's okay. That's what happens. Number two, you're to name your son. Many people, look at me, many people don't understand what Christmas is about. Do you realize that? They think it's about Black Friday and gifts. They have no clue what Christmas is about. The name of Jesus tells us what Christmas is about. So watch this. Look at the second one. You're to name your son Jesus, which means Jesus in the Greek for the Hebrew name Joshua means the Lord saved. Jesus, I am salvation. Joshua, the Lord saves. Saves from what? That's what, maybe you're new to Christianity. Saved from what? I don't need to be saved from anything. Oh, yes, you do. Man's greatest problem is sin. We're all born. So Christmas is not about all this beautiful stuff here. Christmas is about the Savior came. Your Savior came. My Savior came. That's what Christmas is about. And we've, again, forgotten it so easily. Mary and Joseph are both told basically these words. He will come and save his people from their sins. That's why Jesus came. Number three. Old Testament told us that the Messiah would come in the line of David, the line of David. Jesus, as David's descendant, will sit on his throne. He'll reign through the millennium. He will be that physical descendant through Mary's line, and that would be emblematic as after the seven-year tribulation, there's a thousand-year reign, and Jesus will sit on the throne of David, Jewish throne. Now, I'm going to get ready, and I want you to clear your throat. Everybody clear your throat just a moment. Clear your throat, because you're going to say a big amen here in a moment. The fourth thing says this. Take a look. Here's what's prophesied. And Jesus' kingdom will be universal, and Jesus' kingdom will never end. Okay, you kind of got it. Are we shocked today of what North Korea just did? Their kingdom? How about our kingdom in the United States? Pitiful. How about any kingdom in our world? Is any kingdom, is any government today, Russia, ISIS, is any kingdom the solution to man's problem? No, there's only one kingdom. It's called the kingdom of God. 
Get ready for another amen. And his kingdom, the kingdom of peace, will never end. Never end. And by the way, you're going to be in it. You say, Pastor Mark, I thought there was two kingdoms. What happened to that kingdom of Satan? At the end of the millennium, Satan and all the people that follow him are cast into the lake of fire. That is the end of that kingdom. As there was in the beginning, there'll be one kingdom, the kingdom of God, and God will be on the throne. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. You see, Pastor Mark, uh, would you get real? Quit talking about this stuff in the future that, yeah, it might happen. No, it's going to happen. God never lies. This is his promise. Would you want to stay in this world? Would you want to be a police officer this morning? Would you like to be in our military this morning in Iraq, in Iran? Of course not. See, we have the solution. The world doesn't know it. And sometimes we can get discouraged. But we do have the solution. Remember that. Now, look at verse 34. Mary asks a great question. It's different than the way Zechariah did it. Mary says, I believe it. But then she had, look what the first word is in verse 34. How? How is this going to happen, Mary says, since I'm a virgin? Isaiah 7, 14 says, therefore the Lord will send, give you a sign. The virgin will be a child, give birth to a son, and will call his name Emmanuel. Mary says, I know it's going to happen, but how? Somehow God's got to be involved in this. I really don't understand it. Now that's huge. What is Mary asking? A question. You're going to see in a moment, Gabriel's going to give the answer. Verse 35, look at the answer. And the angel answered, here's how. The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you, so the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. The Son of God. Through a special miracle of God, the creation of God's Son in a human womb. God promised Mary she'd be the mother of the Messiah, and the Holy Spirit would be the Father. See, what that did was circumvent the sin nature of man. If it was between a human man and a human wife, Jesus would have been born with the sin nature. Couldn't have been our Savior. Impossible to do that. Now, sometimes when we see this, we're a little confused. And maybe some people are, well, I, don't, I believe in God and Jesus, but I don't believe in this virgin birth thing. Well, if you don't believe in the virgin birth thing, then you don't believe in the Jesus that was born. Let me give you this to write down. I think it's important. The virgin birth is essential to Christianity. It's a basic doctrine that you can't disagree with this and be a Christian. This is a basic doctrine. Here's why. Look at this. To pay for mankind's sin, the Messiah in one person had to be fully human. He had to be uh, to represent us and be here. He had to be born of a woman. He had to be totally sinless. To do that, it had to be of the Holy Spirit. And then he could live sinless He who knew no sin became sin for us. If he's born with sin, he can't pay your sin penalty because the lamb had to be perfect. And Jesus, the lamb of God, was perfect, and he took away our sins. And three, he had to be obviously divine. That's why the Father was the Holy Spirit. Now, look at verse 36. Even Elizabeth, he's trying, to, he's trying to say to her, this is going to be a miracle. I know you don't understand it all, but let me give you another example of a miracle that happened. Even Elizabeth, your relative, is going to have a child in her old age, and she who was said to be barren is now in her sixth month. What does that mean? 
Well, Elizabeth forgot to text Mary that she was pregnant. (laughs) Rough crowd out there. Okay. But here's the key you want to write. And here's how the angel ends. Look, if an 80-year-old lady can have a baby and she's six months along, this is a piece of cake for God. For nothing is impossible with God. Say it with me. Nothing is impossible with God. Yeah, Pastor Mark, for them, but not for me. No, these are ordinary people like you and me. Now, what is Mary's response going to be? It's huge. Here it is. Look at verse 38. I am the Lord's servant. May it be to me as you've said. And the angel left her. Would you say this morning this with me? God, I'm your servant. Just say it with me. God, I'm your servant. She is fully into being who God designed her to be. She doesn't get it. She's not going to have a lot to do with it initially. But that's God's plan for her life. God only made one Mary. He only made one of you. The way we serve God is from a heart of thanksgiving. God, you told me to do it. I'm here this morning because after all those years in pharmacy, God said 23 years ago, whatever, come on down to Melbourne. Let's see what I'll do. Okay, I'm your servant. A lot of questions I had. I had some hows, big time. (laughs) See, you're the same. How did you get here today? How did you get here? God wants to use you. So as we begin to see this, What do we have? We have four unlikely, ordinary people who were surprised by God. God used Zachariah and Elizabeth and Mary and Joseph. Can I ask you to write this down this morning? Watch this. Surprise. God wants to use you and me to change our world. See, it isn't about you, but that's who God uses. He doesn't use angels. He uses you, me, flawed people, people that say, help my unbelief, people that sometimes walk away from God. Come on home. I have a plan for you yet. People that aren't familiar with God yet. Come to know me. I came for you. Now, when you begin to think about this, why, why a lot of people think, well, Those surprises took place then. God can't surprise you now. How many know you've been surprised by God many times in your life? Exactly. By the way, it's all over. There's no more surprises now. (laughs) Not a chance. I love living life. Sometimes it's not good. The electricity goes out. All of yeah, whatever. It's okay. It's okay. A lot better than most parts in the world. Christians being this morning for being a church. I'll take no electricity. How about you? I read something recently. Right now, there's more than 100 million Christians in China. Do you know that that's more Christians that are in America? And the article talked about how they continue to expand, but how the government, we know this now, government's destroying many churches. And the end result of the article is this. They're going to continue to expand, but persecution's going to get horrible. And then the writer of the article at the end said... This will do nothing but cause the church, the Christian church in China, to expand even more. 
Are we ready for that? That's been true since the book of Acts. When we're persecuted for our faith, we go for it. When we get easy, we lose our first love. So I want to challenge you this morning. I don't know what's ahead. There's lots of surprises ahead. But I know God's in control. He has a plan. And I'll read it first, and we're going to read it together. God, my life is yours. So guide, empower, and use me to change my world. When you drive out of your subdivision, your condo, your apartment complex, I drove out this morning. Of course, it was first service early, around 8. I would say the subdivision, we live in a gated community over here, uh, Falls of Sheridan. I would say this because I've lived there a long time. 80% of the people have nothing to do with God. 80% of wonderful people, wonderful neighbors. So I'm taking my cards. I'm going out this afternoon and tomorrow. I'm going to look for open doors. Not going to go to the door. If they're in the yard, I'm going to give them a card. I want to pray for them. Now, I've been rejected many times. It's okay. God, my life is yours, so use me. How will those people know that God has a plan for their life from you? God, my life is yours. That's because you've never turned your life over to God. You might be religious. You might be a good moral person. But you've never solved the sin problem in your life. I want you to listen to me this morning. You'll never go to heaven because you're a good person. Only forgiven people. And he will come and save his people from their sins. What separates you from God is your sin. Nothing can solve it except repenting, believing, and becoming a follower of Jesus Christ. For many of you this morning, that's new news to you, but it's truth. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son, that whoever believes in him will not perish, but have everlasting eternal life. That's why Jesus came. And I want to give you an opportunity Say, I want to turn my life over to God. I want a brand new start. I want peace. I want joy. I want forgiveness. I want to know I'm going for heaven. Second, when John the Baptist came, many Jewish people came back to God. I already talked to you this morning. You already knew exactly who you are. A minute I said, you used to know God, but you walked away. You know exactly who you are. That isn't a sad thing. That's because God's spoken to you. That's powerful. And I want you, when I ask for people to pray quietly in their seat to themselves, if you want to come back to God this morning, he's ready to take you. I know you're hearing another voice that says you've done too much, you're too far away. That's a lie. You come back to God today. The minute you can, he's not interested in your past. He knows it all. He's interested in your future. And he wants to use you. He's spoken to you. It's cool to see God use a seemingly impossible circumstance like Elizabeth's barrenness and her and Zacharias' advanced age to accomplish his purpose. Pastor Mark reminded us that we need to remember that our primary purpose on this earth is to bring glory to God. We pray that would be your goal after hearing this message too. Maybe you're listening right now and God has placed a certain person on your heart that needs to hear this message. 
Or maybe you'd like to share it with all of your friends. There's a simple way to share this message. Log on to Lessons for Living Radio and click on the radio program option in the main menu. There, you'll find the Lessons for Living media player. In the Messages tab, simply click on today's date. Then you can share today's message directly on your Facebook page, Twitter feed, or send a link via email. You can even embed today's message directly. Again, to share today's message with friends and family members, log on to LessonsForLivingRadio.com. Click on the radio program button, then simply click on today's date. You'll find all the options to share. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Pastor Mark's message. We hope that it was a blessing to you and was an encouragement in your walk with Jesus. Remember the lessons taught and also remember what Pastor Mark has shared with us. Our main job on this planet is to make God look good. Well, that's all the time we have for today's broadcast. From all of the production team here at Lessons for Living, we want to say thank you for tuning in and Merry Christmas. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.